a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We've had a number of very high profile rulings from the Supreme Court over the last several weeks and even today. And as we look at those contentious issues, it's caused many lawmakers uh, to question the very institution of the court itself. Uh, some have called for radical change. Many Americans are just confused, and some are losing confidence in this institution of government. As always, it's time to separate the rage from the reason. Let's elevate the conversation and reassess what is the role of the Supreme Court in our republic. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, there's a lot of anger, angst, fear, and frustration uh, on a wide range of issues, and some of that is rightly so, and that's a good thing. Having that kind of open debate over big issues is what the country is all about. It's what we're founded on. My worry is that we're losing that confidence in the institutions that make up our constitutional republic, and we need to make sure we're thinking properly, and sometimes that requires us to think again. And to help us do that today, really pleased to have joining us again uh, Adam White, who's a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. And importantly, he also served on President Biden's Supreme Court Commission. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us today. Well, glad to be here, although I must say I do share your worries about where the, the public discourse is taking us these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually want to start to just to remind our listeners, uh, President Biden uh, had this Supreme Court commission. Just give us a, a quick scope uh, and some of the discussions that you were involved in in terms of where we are with the Supreme Court and what lies ahead. Sure. Your listeners may recall that shortly before the last presidential election, uh, there was the passing, passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And President Biden's supporters, many of them called upon him to commit during the campaign to, to packing the Supreme Court if he were elected president. Uh, he did what, what so many in Washington do when faced with the thorny problem. Uh, he demurred and created a commission. Uh, it was a 36-person uh, commission. Uh, I was uh, honored to be appointed to it. And, and who doesn't love a big group project? Uh, we spent the summer and fall of last year uh, holding a number of public hearings and private deliberations focused on the history of the Supreme Court, its future, and its structure. We looked first and foremost at the court packing issue, both today and in our history. We looked at questions about uh, judicial term limits, Congress's uh, possible power to override Supreme Court decisions, and some issues of judicial process. We didn't uh, issue any recommendations. Uh, in fact, we were never invited to. But I was very proud of the commission's work and especially proud that we took seriously uh, many of the problems inherent in political uh, restructuring or packing of the Supreme Court. Yeah, so so important. And I, and I actually love the fact that you didn't have a specific outcome, that it was just a nice model of, OK, let's let's put it all on the table. Let's be very curious about where we are and, and what comes next. And uh, I think we need a little bit more of that rather than less as we look at all the institutions of government. 
staying with the Supreme Court, though, let's uh, let's dig into some of the things you've been writing about and, and looking at. Uh, I had a, a fascinating conversation yesterday. Uh, I was in New York and uh, met with uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman, who's uh, been involved with a lot of very interesting situations, some relating to the court. Uh, over his career, and one, he mentioned one thing that I, I wanted, to get, wanted to get your response to. Uh, he talked about when these decisions are made, uh, that we have to respect those decisions, especially those that we disagree with, and that the answer, whether you're coming from the left or the right or anywhere in between, is not to immediately challenge the legitimacy uh, of the court, but to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? And I thought that was just a really interesting thing coming from uh, from Senator Lieberman that, look, here's here's what it is. And if we want to change this, there's three ways we can do that. If we want to fix it this way, we can do these three things. Uh, but it's not just about yelling and screaming and undermining uh, or claiming that, you know, we're in suddenly in the middle of a constitutional crisis. That's a great point, and it's a very important one. And I have to admit, while I hadn't heard that conversation, uh, I'm not surprised given uh, – Senator Lieberman's statesmanlike service in the Senate, that he would be the one to say that. Oftentimes when we discuss judicial legitimacy uh, or when we criticize the court, or today we have so many people criticizing the court's very legitimacy, we tend to make it all about the justices. Uh, What did they do? What don't we like about what they did? Uh, What did we want them to do differently? And and in America, it's good that we debate these things. um, But I think it's also important for us, uh, the people and our elected leaders, to uh, approach these issues in a spirit of self-restraint, it's just, just as we want judges to exercise the right kind of restraint in their own work, uh, we as citizens should exercise our own roles uh, with a spirit of self-restraint and goodwill. Uh, we might end up disagreeing with the court's decisions, and that's perfectly fine, uh, but it's important that we approach them with the right mindset of, of being open-minded, even on cases where, I mean, I challenge the court's decisions all the time. But um, it's important for us to not jump to conclusions or try to mischaracterize the court's work in the uh, in the worst possible ways. And, and needless to say, we're seeing too much of that right now. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned in a recent piece that you wrote uh, had to do with this whole idea of, of misinformation and disinformation by those who aren't happy with the ruling, whether it was the Mississippi uh, Dobbs case or whether it was the EPA case today, uh, that it seems so easy for those who are very animated and some of those who just flatly profit uh, off of this kind of division, uh, that they're putting out a lot of misinformation and disinformation that, again, can undermine that trust in the institution. That kind of, pro- that kind of problem is always inherent in political discourse. It, it's particularly prevalent in legal discourse because, of course, when you're arguing a case or when you're arguing for or against a, a, a side in a case, um, you want to give the audience, including the, the court, uh, a parade of horribles, right, of what would happen if the, all the bad things that would happen if the other side wins. And that, that sort of um, uh, hyperbole tends to affect all the discourse around the court. So as soon as, say, the court decided the Dobbs case, and, and I had issued this statement uh, in, in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision, I warned about this problem, you'd have I mean, given the the complex nature of abortion law in this country and the science and and medical aspects of abortion, I was very worried that we would see a race to the bottom in terms of people jumping to conclusions, uh, unintentionally uh, mischaracterizing things in the worst possible way, or even for for certain activists, 
uh, intentionally mischaracterizing things in the worst possible way. Uh, we're always going to have the problem of intentional disinformation. I mean, that's just a fact of life. Um, so is unintentional misinformation. But I tend to focus on that problem more because I think it's the kind of thing that we all know each of us uh, does from time to time. We don't want to, but we, we all jump to conclusions. And so I think it's the kind of problem that all of us in a spirit of goodwill can be aware of. And the challenge is always not just to look for it on the other side, which I do and I, I have just in the course of this interview, but, um, but always to keep an eye on ourselves, too, and make sure that we're not jumping to conclusions one way or another. Yeah, that restraint is so important, and uh, that instant certainty uh, just always gets us into trouble. Uh, I want to ask you one more question, Adam, before I let you go. We're going to continue this conversation through the program today, and it seems to me that in a number of these cases, including the EPA case today, that the Supreme Court seems to be telling Congress to just do its job, uh, especially as it relates to some of these agencies uh, or things where there's kind of these sweeping powers that develop by people who aren't elected. Uh, is, is that the message that the court is is sending? And what is the, the risk as Congress continues to abdicate its authority uh, to the executive branch or to the, to the agencies? That's very much a message I see coming through. Boyd, we often hear presidents of both parties say that if Congress won't act uh, my administration will. And, of course, that, that's true. But at the same time, I think we need to worry about the other side of that coin. It's because presidents and their administrations will act that Congress won't. And so you see in today's decision involving the EPA's uh, approach to climate regulation, you see Justice Kagan in dissent with a very, very low opinion of Congress, suggesting that Congress is either too uh, too political or too um technically ignorant or just too gridlocked to meaningfully legislate on these issues. Of course, Congress gets that way because it has no incentive to take these issues seriously. I think the more that the courts can do uh, to channel these issues, uh, the the greatest issues of our time, back into legislatures, unless there's a clear statutory or or constitutional right at issue, uh, the better. There's only one way to train Congress to once again be the best version of itself. Um, Now, every case is different. The EPA case involved uh, complex statutory issues. Uh, Dobbs and and the other big case of recent days, the the New York gun case, they involve complex issues of of constitutional interpretation and stare decisis. But I agree with you completely that overall the big theme you get from the Roberts court is that Congress has abdicated its constitutional role. A lot of problematic things have resulted from that, and it's time for Congress to learn to do its job again. Uh, fantastic. Adam White, great insight. Adam's a senior fellow with the American Enterprise Institute and, again, also served on President Biden's Supreme Court Commission uh, and some important findings and some great dialogue uh, came out of that conversation. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Some great stuff there from Adam White. And this is this is it, folks. This is how it works. If you want to have a less politicized Supreme Court, the solution is is for Congress to do its job. And so while many will be screaming to pack the court or to change the court or to question the legitimacy of the court, that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in Congress not doing its job. And we're going to stay with that question a little longer when we come back and dig into why does that continue to happen and how do we change that and restore trust 
in the institutions of government and in each other. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.